Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. We are going to be reading Matthew 4, verses 23 through 25. This is how it reads. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So we have the trifecta of Jesus's ministry. That is, he's teaching in their synagogues, teaching. He's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, preaching or proclaiming, and he's healing. And he's healing every disease and every illness among the people. In the Greek, you see that word pasan there, which means every. Every disease and every illness. Consequently, news is spreading about this guy, Jesus, like wildfire. It's spreading all over the region. And various diseases, those with severe pain, those who are demon-possessed, those who are epileptics, basically everyone, diseases, pain, demon possession, epileptics, those who are paralyzed, they came to him and he healed them. It's interesting. Though Matthew talks about Jesus teaching, proclaiming, and healing, it, it seems like the reason why people come out to Jesus is primarily for that third one, healing. Yes, maybe they want to hear a good sermon, or maybe uh, Jesus is compelling to listen to, but um, Matthew lists the various people who need healing. I was having a conversation with my friend the other day. And my friend is exploring Christianity. He's really compelled by the Jesus story. And he's really made uncomfortable by it, which is the right response. You should be. But he has lots of good questions. Lots of good questions. Questions about the composition of the Bible, how it came to be over thousands of years, Um, seeming inconsistencies between Um, the people of God in the Old Testament in Israel and the people of God in the church. He's got questions about hypocrisy of some Christians. These are all great questions, and these are all questions that I can't fully answer. I don't know. I don't know what to tell him. Other than, I'm not a Jesus follower because I understand the story fully. Or, I'm not a Jesus follower because I agree with this story fully. There, there are parts in it that not only do I not understand, but also I don't agree with the response of Paul or of, of some character in the Old Testament. I follow Jesus because his spirit came upon me when I was 16 years old, and I could never explain that. I follow Jesus because there was a period in my life I was suffering from prostatitis, um, And I took a bunch of medicines and nothing was working. And then I went to the local church that I was a part of. And I asked the pastors to pray for me. 
So they laid hands, they laid hands on me and they prayed for me. And from that point onward, I never peed blood again. That's why I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a Jesus follower because my older brother, who I tell him, like, I thought he was done. Like, I thought he was gone. Um, called me one day and said, with through laughing, and I, I can't tell you the last time I'd heard him laugh, <laughs> uh, that he was a Jesus follower now because he encountered God. See, teaching, though powerful, doesn't do it. And preaching, though compelling, doesn't do it. And of course, teaching and preaching wouldn't do it. Because the story is unnatural in places. The story is undesirable in places. This story is about a king who dies for his people. This story is about a God who seemingly abandons God on the cross. The all-powerful who doesn't use his power as we wish he would... There's so much that doesn't make sense to our natures in this story because our natures are fallen, which is also part of the story. So many questions, so many. But what drew the crowds and what spread the rumors was that their bodies were restored. What drew the crowds and what spread the rumors was that their bodies were restored. What drew me and made me want to be a pastor and tell people about this Jesus is that I encountered this God in a tangible way. And I can't deny that or erase that from my history. I don't know what to do with it other than assume the story is true and push into it more. And as I've done, I've encountered him more in different ways, in new ways, in uncomfortable and unexplainable ways, but encountered him. People can't hear what you have to say while their bellies are growling, right? That makes sense. This God's ways are utterly ridiculous and scandalous in so many places. To follow this God does not result in your life getting better, at least as you'd want it to get better. If anything, to follow this God is guaranteeing a life of suffering. So then why in the world would people follow this Jesus and accept the premises of a story that they don't fully understand? Nor like. Well, because they've met this Jesus. They've really met him. He's touched them. Maybe it was in one moment. Maybe it was accumulation of many moments. Maybe it was a literal healing of their bodies. Maybe another way. But they had an encounter and they can't square it with what they thought the world was like. Their bellies were filled, so to speak. Their bellies as a metaphor for their life. They had an encounter with joy, with wholeness, with peace. They had an encounter with a transcendent God that announced himself as Jesus. And therefore, they're willing to listen to what he has to say. <laughs> they're willing to listen to his teaching and his proclaiming, even in the places where they don't like it or it doesn't make sense. Because they had an encounter. What else can they do? If you want to know who God is, ask him to touch you. If you want your friends to know who God is, pray for them to encounter this God. Pray for Jesus to encounter them, to touch them. Not through their intellect, or at least not totally through their intellect, but through their hearts, through their affections. Pray for healing. The Spirit is poured out in the church. I want to invite anyone who's listening. If there's a part of your body, if there's an aspect in your health that is not full, that is not whole. Come to the church, come to hope. 
And when we finish service, we always have that time of prayer at the end. Come forward. Allow us to lay hands on you and ask God to heal you. That through it, you may see who Jesus fully is, the great healer, the king. Yes, we're going to teach. Yes, we're going to proclaim. But realize that the story that we're pilfering around is scandal and it's ludicrous. Until God touches us, we can't see its truth. So pray for that touch. Pray for that encounter. Lord, I pray for Hope Brooklyn that we become a place where bodies are healed. Lord, I pray that we become a place of courage to pray for healing, to pray boldly for you to do miraculous things, to do miracles in our lives, to do miracles in our friends' lives that they may see you. That's the only way that the gospel moves forward. We pray boldly, Jesus, will you encounter us? Will you encounter our friends? Will you encounter Hope Brooklyn? Will your spirit manifest itself with power through us, through our faith? Will your fire burn up everything that is not of you until only joy and peace and selflessness and generosity and forgiveness and grace remain? Only you can do it, Lord. So we give you permission and we want to be a part of it. It's in your name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.